your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, this is Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint. I am so excited because iHeartRadio is now carrying this podcast, Your Positive Imprint. You can now find my podcast at iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for your support in listening to people all around the world share their actions that are influencing others. Well, as you know, I am a literacy specialist, and I just finished a week of providing the research to teachers in the area of literacy. Conversation begins with oral language. Today's guest knows all about oral language through her talent of spoken word performances. What is spoken word? It is oral language. It's poetry that is meant to be performed. Well, long before the printing press was invented, spoken word was used in early culture. In ancient Greece, the spoken word was the most trusted repository used to develop minds and to communicate their culture. Well, the following definition is from the Poetry Foundation, which can be found at poetryfoundation.org. Spoken word has its roots in oral traditions and performance. It can contain elements of rap, hip-hop, storytelling, theater, and jazz, rock, blues, and folk music. It is characterized by rhyme, repetition, improvisation, and wordplay. Spoken word poems frequently refer to issues of social justice, politics, race, and community. It is related to slam poetry in that spoken word may draw on music, sound, dance, or other kinds of performance to connect with you. It has become more popular around the world to relay messages to an audience. <laughs> My guest, Hua, is working hard at bringing spoken word back to her community of Nigeria. Well, I welcome my guest, spoken word revivalist and performer, Hua. Is that correct? Did I get the pronunciation right? You you got it pretty okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Hua is from Nigeria, mm -hmm. and we found each other on the internet, actually. She's a fellow podcaster, and she will talk about that but she is into spoken word, and I would love for her to tell about this because I really like what spoken word is all about. And she also is a very young college student striving and studying hard in chemical engineering. So Hua, welcome so much to your positive imprint. Thank you so much. That was a very lovely introduction, by the way. Oh, <laughs> well, you are a lovely person and what you are doing is truly making a difference in our world. I certainly appreciate that you reached out with spoken word within your own country. So I'm going to first get started on Nigeria. What can you tell me about where you live and, and what is exciting and inspiring for you about your residence? Um, well... When people start to ask me, um, how is Nigeria? I'm not exactly sure how to answer that because, well, I grew up here. Nigeria is like, okay, it's a, it's a place I live in. Um, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking. So um, living in Nigeria um, has taught me one thing that I don't really find anywhere else. 
And that is gratitude. Be grateful for whatever it is that you have. I'm not going to tone it down and say that we have everything, though I believe I grew up not lacking anything. There's a misconception of uh, people who live in Africa. It's not a forest. We have actual buildings. I went to a Catholic school, a Catholic private school. There are about 20 students, 20 to 25 students in each class. It was a big building. We had a big field. We had a place where we went for lunch. We had classes. Um, we had uniforms. We had extracurricular activities. Uh, that was that was back then anyway, before 2000s. And so my little brothers now, they have, you know, they, they go to their own school. They also go to a private school. Same thing. They have a swimming pool. We're very good swimmers. They participate in sports, sporting activities. So, yeah, um, I think probably the, the only thing that is uh, probably different from where I stay and people abroad is, well, there are definitely limitations. Um, we don't have stable electricity here. We don't have free Wi-Fi. That is quite a struggle. And yeah, I'm, I, I live in a third world country. So there are a lot of things that are, you know, still backwards here. But people in my generation have found a way to, you know, still live and do the best that they can do with those limitations. There are a lot of languages. My 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 dad is Edo, my mom is Akwaibom, I grew up in Lagos. So those are like three different languages. I school in, in Bini, in the University of Bini in Edo State, um, studying chemical engineering. I'm not exactly sure what you want me to say because there's like so much about my country. Uh... I just want to clarify to people who are listening that just because I say I'm African doesn't mean I live in trees. We have actual houses made out of bricks and blocks and cement and, you know, roofs. Like, yeah, we don't we don't live in a forest. I live in Lagos. I'm not exactly sure the population, but um, in Nigeria, there are about 190 million people. Oh, my God. Gosh, it's quite overpopulated. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's quite overpopulated. That's one of the, the the things we even talk about in the news these days. That in a couple of years, we the the, the only country that will be more populated than Nigeria would be India. Wow. So yeah. So there are a lot of people, and people are always moving and always migrating from one spot to the other. Though there's some sort of you know um, tension between the north and the south in Nigeria. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of people. So you had your upbringing in the parochial or the Catholic schools, and you were talking about your chemical engineering, your background yeah. anyway. When did you really know that you wanted to get into that? Oh, well, as kids, when they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know about it over there, but I would I would assume everyone would say they want to be a teacher or most likely a doctor. So I was, I was one of those. Yeah, I had... I literally had Dr. Girl written on my notebooks for a very long time. And then it was later on that I realized that I don't even like seeing blood. I don't even like seeing sick people, you know. I would sympathize, but being the one to have to take care of them and, you know, the worry and all that. Nah, I just knew later on when I was about um, 12, when I was when I just got into secondary school, that I knew that, okay, medicine wasn't for me. I don't know how it is over there. Over here, we have the junior secondary, then we have the senior secondary school. So in the junior secondary, you learn the basics, basic tech, integrated science, English, and the likes. When you get to the senior secondary, then you get to choose between art classes, 
the commercial classes, business classes, and then the sciences. So I knew that I had a problem with names and dates. I knew that I wasn't going to survive in arts or uh, commercial. So I, I was, I'm very good with, you know, the sciences, physics, chemistry, a little bit of biology, mathematics. I love mathematics. So I was going to go there. I didn't know I was going to read chemical engineering until I was almost done with senior secondary when I had to pick, you know, a course to study in the university. So I called one of my friends and I was like, okay, what did you put in for, you know, your, your course of study? What are you, what are you studying? And she said, um, I, I put in chemical engineering and she goes, why? <laughs> and she says, well, they're really good. And a lot of people need them in Nigeria. You know, okay. I'll, I'll get back to that. And I was like, okay, let me just, I'll, I'll Google it and then find out. So at that time, chemical engineers were one of the highest paid in Nigeria. And I was like, well, I get to do what I, I think I like doing. And I also get to get paid well. So that night I filled in chemical engineering and that was it. That's, that's basically it. Back to what I was talking about before. I see on TV and, you know, the media that over there, that's outside, let's say in the US or in the UK, People are, are more at ease to do what they love, right? Yeah, people go to college, but then they can, you know, decide, you know, I'm going to drop out and be a writer. It may, it may work out, but, you know, there's still a chance that, you know, it's going to work out. I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to be a singer. You know, I'm going to write music for people and other creative stuff. Over here, it's not, it's not the same. You have to be practical. Do Study something that you know you're going to get a job at the end of the day. My parents always told me to do what I, I loved, what I enjoyed doing. But they also said, be, real, be realistic. This is Nigeria, right? There are like so many people, and I'm talking thousands. Like I, I, I just told you, there are about 190 million people in the country. About, I mean, give or take. So if you're going to apply, if you're, if you're going to study something, study something that, you know, people are going to need because there are like five thousands of people applying for one job, you know, so pick, be smart about what you're going to study. Well, that's very good advice. And, and I think that education is definitely changing around the world in the secondary because jobs are scarcer. So I think students are needing to be more geared towards something that will sustain them financially. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's different. Maybe because the population is growing or corporations are are outsourcing to computers, robots. I don't know, but this is interesting listening to you and hearing your perspective also. You speak English so well. Have you left Nigeria or did you learn English there? Or is that, you said that there's three languages there. How many do you speak? No, they are not three languages we have about um we have a lot of tribes i'm not even sure the number i learned english here english is our lingua franca so everybody speaks english it's it's um an english speaking country oral english was a different course a different subject so we were we weren't just taught how to speak english we weren't just taught the words we're taught how to properly pronounce those words and my mother was very very conscious about that with her children and then there was also the fact that I trained to be a voiceover artist a reader a speaker so I went through all of that my brothers and I I'm the only girl in my family so I think that's why my 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 accent is more distinct well you speak beautifully thank you so much you are at university 
studying yes. chemical engineering, which has got to be a lot of studying. Wow. Yes, it is. And when it is you, a lot of studying. I'm sure. <laughs> and when do you anticipate graduation? This year. I anticipate graduating this year. Probably September. Recently, our university um, lecturers, the Association of um, Academic Staff Union Universities, they went on a brief, when I say brief, about a three-month strike because of issues they have with the federal government. Now, they, they've been able to sort that out, so now we're back in school, and hopefully everything works out with the government so that we can get back to school. So it's it's more of a uh, hit and miss. We're, we're trying to, we're hoping that everything works fine and we can get back to school. Oh, my goodness. Well, I hope so too. And then your prospects for jobs, what kind of jobs are there? Um, Last year, I did my internship in shell in river state i'm hoping that i could go back and work in the instrumentation team in maintenance you know uh, maintenance and engine uh, maintenance and engineering there though there are other places that i could work in i think in most factories companies that basically convert raw materials into finished goods that's paint industries cement industries beverage oil companies though um where the market is as they say for chemical engineers is in the oil industry hopefully i'd be able to make myself or i should be good enough to get in or get one of those jobs well the best of luck to you and your graduation is coming up so you're Working days are coming close. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. It's scary, but also exciting that you will be out there in the workforce, so to speak. I know you're already there, but uh, in your field. So spoken word, you have a passion and a love for spoken word. So first of all, you have a podcast. Mm -hmm. And what is your podcast? I know my podcast is called The Spoken World. Uh, the reason I named it the spoken world was because I thought it was just going to be too obvious. Uh, the spoken, if it was just spoken word, like without the L. So I decided to make it a little fancier if, and just put, put an L there because I wanted, what, what happened is I'm a performance poet. I am a professional performance poet. And I also write for people as a content creator for broadcasts and the likes. So I started writing while I was in school, like you said, it's a lot of studying and really the university drains you of your life force. And <laughs> a friend of mine came up to me and says, you know, you're always studying. There's this um, event at at the auditorium. Uh, people are, it's a drama. And I'm like, I've, I've never really gone to, I'm not one of those that sit and watch, you know, a play. But I was like, well, I'm not doing anything except feeling sorry for myself, so... I said, okay, you have an extra ticket. Don't waste it. I'll come with you. I went for the event and, okay, there was a play. I can't even remember what happened, what the play was about. What I do remember was that at the intermission, there was this person, man, that walked up to, to the stage and I was like, okay, what does this person want to do? Because I know how rappers walk in. I know how musicians walk in. I know how comedians walk in. Why is he, like, he brought a different vibe. And then he started speaking. The name of his piece um, was, um, was it Apike? Something like that. And he started speaking. And I just found myself like so, you know, into what he was saying. It was like 
he had painted a, a, a picture, or rather I was watching uh, a movie just from what he was saying and how he was speaking. And the next thing I knew, I was already standing. And I was like, and then I, I turned to uh, my friend that brought me and I told her, I was like, what is that? And she goes, oh, it's, it's spoken word. I'm like, what's, what's your spoken word? And she says, oh, you don't know about it. Like, we do it all the time in, uh, at our fellowships, you know, in church and all that. I'm like, how come I've never heard of this? Well, so I go to my room and I say, I want to be like him. I want to be like that guy. Like, that's something that I, I, I want to do. So I started writing. Of course, they sounded horrible. So I just, I pushed everything to the side. And then I think something happened. It was on Valentine's Day and I had like the worst Valentine's Day ever. And I sat down and I wrote this piece, you know, straight from the heart. And then I I read it for my, like, I forced my friends to listen to it. And they're like, you should do something about it, you know. So I I recorded it on my phone. I sent it to my friends. And the feedback made me push and push and push until I started performing, you know, on stages in Bini, until I was contacted to come perform at a landmark center in Victoria Island in Lagos. And then more people started seeing my work. And then I wanted to push not just spoken word in Nigeria, but spoken word in Africa to other parts of the world. Because I listened to other spoken word artists, Prince E.A., Suli Briggs, Sophia Thakur, those people, Sarah Kay, their pieces are amazing. So I wanted to kitchen you know the the african spoken word what i i consider as african spoken word or some sort of means to express myself as someone from nigeria out there and then i get online and there is no platform for that and i keep searching for you know if there was any way i could submit my pieces to somewhere or something and i didn't see any so i'm not exactly sure how i found out about podcasting but when I did, I was like, well, it's a lot easier than blogging because I can't imagine sitting down and writing and, you know, begging people to read my stuff. So I decided to start up spoken the Spoken World. It was initially a platform where I get to showcase my pieces on the show and then talk to them with my friends because people are always like, why did you write this? What was going through your head? Then I, 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 I push out the first episode and then someone on Twitter contacts me and goes, oh, I actually loved this episode. Can I be on it? And I was like, okay, maybe I could get someone on it. And then other people from other parts of the world, you know, the um, social media has such power of uniting different people from different parts of the world. And then I didn't actually think that the spoken world was actually going to mean different people from across the world coming on. But I guess, well, it was probably fate. So now I'm speaking to artists and authors because I I always wanted to know what was going through someone who wrote an amazing book like Harry Potter. I want to know what was actually going through J.K. Rowling's mind while she was writing that. So I get to talk to different authors, artists, speakers who just want to share their experiences, their ideas, you know, and their journey on the show. Wow, that was a very long answer. That was a very good answer. I I loved your answer, and the listeners are going to love it too. You're very interesting, and your thought process is is moving you places. And so, do you know the history oh, of? Uh, yeah, of course. And it's part of your positive imprint. And I'm finding that when it is somebody's positive imprint, they have a lot to tell because it's a wonderful life out there. I think. Do you know the history of spoken word? No, I actually do not. 
I'm actually not sure what the history of spoken word is, but I do know that people used to tell stories moving from place to place while someone was probably playing an instrument telling stories. So I think that sort of morphed into, you know, spoken word. I, I applaud you for trying to bring this back because it's, you've got attitude. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's what spoken word is about. So were you going to share any spoken word or your spoken word? I could actually do one if you okay. want. Yeah. Okay. The name of this piece is called Please Stay. Let me see if I can rope my roommate into playing something on her guitar for me. Okay, I'll wait. Okay. Okay, so this is me and my roommate. <sighs> All right. What is your roommate's name? Okay, she introduced herself. Hi, good evening. My name is Cheesy. Well, hello. So we have a guitar player, and this is fantastic. Do you tour together when Hua does her spoken word professionally? Once in a while, we have. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm going to be quiet and just listen and reflect on, on your spoken word. Thank you. Okay. Enjoy. Martins was five when his parents had a divorce. He was shared six months a year between his father and his mom. He owned his own room and enjoyed the spoils of his family alone. Though blessed, he had a weakness. The big house he lived in could never be called home. They had an arrangement, both of his parents, to come live in the big house when it was their turn. He loved to have his mother around but dreaded the time he'd spend with his dad. You see, his father had a different view of discipline, though Martins would rather enjoy thinking he was insane. There were days he was always on his toes to avoid extreme punishments, some he did without his clothes. Anyway, that was years back. Martins was 25 and he could seek his father whenever he liked. He tried his best to keep it at the bare minimum, birthdays, Christmas, and forced family get-togethers at the regular sports club. Today was his dad's birthday and he had to go visit. He just had to, though he didn't like it. His father showed up at the doorstep full of smiles. He never expected that reaction for a bottle of wine. His father laughed and said that he looked the same, then asked if he'd stay to watch the game. The familiarity made Martins uncomfortable, so he bade farewell and made to head home. His father's face fell at the start of his words, and with that warning, he read out a verse. Since the time you were born, you never knew me as a father for very long. I drank and spat and called you names, only ever stopped when your mother came. It's been years, son, and I've tried so hard to make all those memories be a thing of the past. I ask for your forgiveness, and on this day, if you really do love me, then please stay. Martins felt something he never felt in front of his father, he felt guilty and that made him angry. He wasn't the one who messed up the memories or treated anyone with any less dignity. If anything, he was a victim. So why make him out to be the bad person? He left the house without a word and never visited for over six months. That was of course until he got the news. His father was dying and that got him confused. His father was just 58. Surely it had to be some sort of mistake. Unfortunately, he was in for a surprise. His father had long since suffered lung cancer. 
The sight of him tore Martin's heart out, the look in his eyes as misty as the clouds. Martin's father lay on a hospital bed with white floors and ceiling over his head. Even in his state, his father smiled and that broke something inside him. It made Martin's cry. Martin's found himself beside his father night and day and would whisper to his unconscious father every day. Since the day I was born, I never knew you as a father for very long. You drank and spat and called me names. Only ever stopped when my mother came. It's been years and you've tried so hard to make all those memories be a thing of the past. I already forgive you, Father, and on this day, if you really do love me, then please stay. He felt a fresh bout of shame when he saw how much his father was in pain. He should have cared more, loved more. He thought of the things he could have done before. Before this happened, how could he make things right, show his father he was forgiven? Just like other days when his father woke up, he moaned, groaned, and muttered a curse. Martins would smile as he got up to get the nurse. Today, however, his father held on to his hand and forced Martins to look at him and understand. Martins tried to talk, shout, cry. He could read the words right there in his father's eyes. Since the time you were born, you never knew me as a father for very long. I drank and spat and called you names, only ever stopped when your mother came. It's been years, son, and I've tried so hard to make all those memories be a thing of the past. And now that I know that I am alone, my very last wish is that you let me go. Martins did nothing but stared, read, reread, and chanted the message in his head. How could his father think like that? Think he would just let him die. But his father did that thing again where he just looked at him and smiled. So there he was holding his father. Neither of them could utter a word. It was the world's fastest countdown. The room was so quiet. You'd forget there's such a thing as sound. He watched his father's eyelids flutter and felt his father's grip falter. Before he caught himself, He'd started to weep. The deafening silence. The monitor beeped. Its last beep. Oh, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Both of you. Yes, that that was very, very good. It was very emotional. Your voice is almost like a built-in emotion and attitude to it when you're doing this. There's, it, obviously, it's an art and a craft to do spoken word. Yeah, it is performance poetry. So it has to be performed and not just read. Do you write your spoken word? Yes, I do. Oh, so you are busy with chemical engineering, studying and writing, and then memorizing everything so that you can perform exactly. this. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> And podcasting. Uh, yes, and podcasting. And I know how much time podcasting takes. Oh my goodness. With your spoken word, you had mentioned that you were trying to bring it back to, or bring it to the forefront in some way to Nigeria because you wanted more positive things written up about Nigeria. Yes. Is that one of the things yes. that motivated you? Um, It was something that I 
discovered later, much later, because while I started inviting other artists to the show, I realized that some of them had an idea of what Nigeria was, some not the best idea. So I was like, since they're able to speak to me as you know a Nigerian and they're able to ask questions about what goes on in Nigeria, they're able to realize that, okay, so not everything that they see on TV, on the media is you know, exactly true. For instance, when someone wants to talk about Africa on TV now, they are very fond of painting a very poor, disease-ridden place. And I want to tell you that just as shocked as most of you are over there, you know, watching this, we are here and we're asking ourselves, where is this place? Like, we don't know where this is, you know? We're just as shocked as you are. And then there's also the, I've seen it everywhere, the thing about the Nigerian scams, Nigerian scam artists. It's like, oh, wow, it is terrible because we, I'm a hard worker, someone who's trying to push my craft to the front. So you can imagine how I would feel when there's this sort of barrier in front and it's, it's, it's not my fault. I don't want to completely discredit people who talk about Nigerian scam, like it doesn't exist, it does, but when you use that to describe a whole, like I said, about a hundred million people, like that's where the 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 harm is. We're close to two hundred million. That is where the harm is, and only a few people, you know, engage in that engage in that crime, you know. So that's that's something that um I'm trying to is one of the, the the stereotypical mindsets that I'm trying to erase, you know, make people realize that we are just like we are artists, you know. There are normal people here who are actually trying to make a living. Honestly, people who love art, who love creative thinking, who are working hard, you know. So that's that's one thing, you know. And, and also encourage Nigerian writers, you know, that it's okay to live your dreams. It's okay to, even though we, we, we grew up in, a, in, in an environment where a lot of things are limited and a lot of choices are limited, um, let them know that it is there, that they do have a choice to, you know, invest time and energy into their craft. Well, that's a wonderful positive imprint. And I'm glad that you are uh, bringing that message globally with your podcast, with your spoken word, and right now here on your positive imprint. Thank you so much. It's Yeah, it's great. And you're only 22 years old and you have a lifetime. I'm actually 21. I'll be 22 October 22nd this year. Oh, 21. Okay, so 21. And well, Hua, this has been really enjoyable and having you perform your positive imprint of spoken word here at, at the podcast, your positive imprint. I thank you so much. And did you have any other inspiring words or anything you want to share that I have not asked you about? Um. Well, I'm not exactly sure if this is going to relate to everybody, but here in Africa, I tell people all the time that if you have dreams and it doesn't keep you up at night, then you're not dreaming big enough. You should try to do something, something close to the impossible. So when it happens, when you have a first step at progress, it always feels so fulfilling. Your dreams are not so what's the word if they don't demand enough from you where you still feel comfortable enough to just get by your day and you're not striving to do something good then it's not big enough dream big and go after it i like that thanks so much well Hua, it's been wonderful thank you so much for joining your positive imprint 
And Hua, best of luck to you in chemical engineering and your spoken word dreams. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Hua, for striving to unite us all through spoken word messages. Hua does tour Nigeria with her spoken word, so I hope some of you will have the opportunity to see her perform live. Thank you to Chris Knoll for providing the music for this podcast. Check out his music at chrisknoll.com. Well, you are listening to Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Head over to my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, and check out my blog and episodes pages for other remarkable featured guests. This is a global podcast where I feature guests from all over the world who share their positive actions to inspire you. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Positive Imprint, Twitter at What's Your PI. Sign up for email updates so you can receive behind-the-scenes information and updates regarding this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or your favorite podcast platform. Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Subscribe now.